I'd like to know if there are any, like, small little deeds that you do to, like, try and make the world a better place. You know, little things. Oh, wow. That's a great question. I feel like... <laughs> the answer is no. <laughs> I, <laughs> I do. I feel like I notice a lot of moments where I failed to do, like, I could do little okay. things. And I All just right. don't think of them until the moment has passed. Okay. I'm very good about letting people go ahead of me if I'm, like in line and I'm like not quite ready to go, then I'll I'll let I'll let too many people go ahead of me. <laughs> too many people. <laughs> what what's a little thing that yeah. you do, Kyle? Well, Emily, uh I don't know if this is gonna be gross or not. <laughs> but I always I don't know why. I mean probably because I'm self conscious, but I always try to leave toilet seats cleaner than when I found them. Sure. That's you fair. Know? Sometimes they're a mess and it's like, wow, no one wants to touch that. And I'm like, I'm going to clean this just a little bit. <laughs> Why do pe- I, What are people doing in there? Come on, Emily. Come, what, what the heck? Hey, it wasn't me. I, well, Emily, come on. <laughs> Welcome to Butter No Parsnips. Every week on Butter No Parsnips, your hosts Kyle Imperator and Emily Moyers take you on an adventure through the weird, wacky, wonderful, and sometimes even wicked world of one wayside word. Strange characters, delightful bits, and general joyousness abound. Join them as they test each other's etymological expertise. Hey everybody, welcome to Butter No Parsnips. I'm Emily Moyers. And I'm Kyle Imperator. How's it hanging, Em? Let's get down to brass tacks. Wow, right? Straight down to them, huh? Yeah. Emily, I'm going to toss some brass tacks your way, and I'm going to give you a word today. All right. I'm going to duck and cover for the brass tacks, but I'll take the word. Okay. All right. Are you ready for your word today? (laughs) I'm so ready, Kyle. I don't think you are. Oh, no. Your word today, Emily, is elemosinary. (gasps) E-L-E-E. M-O-S-Y-N-A-R-Y, Elemosinary. E-L-E-E? Yep. And it's not Elemosinary? Nope, Elemosinary. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Elemosinary. I hate that. (laughs) Elemosinary. I mean, listen, (laughs) it is what it is, you know? Don't hate it. No, 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 no. Seth has made it very clear that we should hate words if we hate them. And... (laughs) (laughs) And this is doing nothing for me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, Greek? Yes. It looks pretty Greek with that S-Y. I'm so at a loss. So, I mean, adjective, I got to figure. It can be an adjective or a noun. You got it. Yeah. Wow. I'm going to need a hint, Kyle. I've got no idea. Uh, that's fair, Emily. I would have had no idea either. <laughs> <laughs> Your hint today, Emily, is welfare. Oh, I'm like trying to break down the word, but... Yeah, you're going to have no luck with that. <laughs> just just throwing it out there, you're going to have absolutely yes. no luck. So, well, I will say that maybe I'm down a, down a blind alley here, but I feel like mm-hmm. the airy ending makes me think it's a place. So I'm going to say this is like a shelter of some kind. Oh, Emily. Oh, you're so close. I don't like, I'm trying to figure I don't if like I want to give it to you or not. 
Like you're just you're so close, and I'm just trying to figure out if I want to say yes or a soup um, kitchen. Mm, you're like right there. You're like right, right there. So that's <laughs> telling me to keep you hanging. So Boy. I'm gonna say so. No, is, okay. I would. Why don't you focus on the adjective? Focus on the adjective because that's the more okay. like important one. Okay. So so is a person elemosinary? But yes, possibly. Does it just mean like generous or like like almost there? Like caregiving? Uh, mm, oh boy, this is torture. Yes, in a more broad <laughs> sense, yes. Uh, <laughs> You're like right there. <laughs> I don't understand what I can say that's right there that I haven't yet said. Somebody who is caregiving is giving care to whom? Possibly. Oh, somebody who needs care? Yeah, and so doing that is like what? what? I'm really giving it to you here, Emily. Doing that is an act of a charity? Yeah, so that makes this word charitable. Yeah, you got it, Emily. Oh <laughs> Completely naturally all yours. Jeez Louise. Yes, Emily. So elemosinary can mean a bunch of different things, but its main meaning is relating to charity, alms or almsgiving, as in charitable or established for the distribution of alms. It can also mean, as an adjective, something that is given or done as an act of charity is elemosinary or having the nature of alms, so like gifts are elemosinary. Sure. And something or someone that is dependent on or supported by charity is elemosinary. So it can be either end of the equation. Exactly, Emily. Exactly. Oh, boy. All right. We got a lot to talk about here. Are you ready to <laughs> oh dive goodness. into this? I hope I'm ready now. Okay. It's going to be a lot. So get your thinking cap on. I got it screwed on. So elemosinary comes from the medieval Latin word elemosinarius which Ooh. is it was a term for an alms dispenser and that comes from the late latin elemosina which means alms almshouse or pity or mercy and that word comes from the ancient greek elemosine which means alms charity or pity or mercy that comes from eleemon which means merciful which comes from eleeo, which means I have pity on, I take pity on, or I show mercy to. Oh. From eleos, which means pity, mercy, compassion, or an object of pity. It took a million steps to get to where it was, but <laughs> like the scenario part of elemosinary is it looks like it's going to be a suffix and it's not. It's just like they constantly changed the ending to mean different things and left it the way it was. <laughs> so it's just, it is like a wholesale word that has yep. had many different meanings. They've wow. just kind of changed the tense of it a million times. Crazy. <laughs> so that last word, eleos, is possibly related to the ancient Greek word eleleu, which Ooh. was an onomatopoeic word meaning a cry of pain or lament. Woe, oh. alas. That's also what I say, like if I'm sitting in the coffee shop and then Kyle walks in, I'm like, hello. <laughs> it also happens to be your cry of pain. <laughs> yes, it is a yeah. lament, but for different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Emily, 
it's possible that Eleleu in turn is related to the ancient Greek words for a war cry. <laughs> Eleleu, Alala, and Alale. It's crazy how many L's are going on here. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, as you could tell in the ancient Greek, I think the two E's were pronounced separately. It was L-A-A, Masana. Yeah. yeah, I heard that. Yeah. At some point, the English word was pronounced Eliamasonary. But it's just so hard to pronounce it that way that it, it slowly right. went out of context. And there was an, yeah. like a, an, a separate mark on the second E to show that it was pronounceable, that you should pronounce it separately. Right. But it no longer has that. So we don't have to worry about it. And it's one syllable <laughs> less. Thank the Lord. Thank goodness. So Emily, Elamasonary, as much as we had that war cry there, is the opposite of war. It's about charity, right? Yeah, Absolutely. It was yanked from Latin in the 1600s and was used to talk about charitable endeavors of all stripes. The Merriam-Webster on their website, they state, without attribution, but they state that a grammarian once said of Elamasonary, a long and learned word like this should only be used under the stress of great need. (laughs) (laughs) Which is fun because it's like, yeah, I mean... There's plenty of other words that we could use, you know? <laughs> there are shorter ones, yeah. Yeah. Naturally, Elamasonary is used a lot in religious texts, emphasizing sure. acts of charity, which were a duty of the loyal Christians who wished to be in God's good places, right? Sure. God's good graces, sorry. In His providence. good places to heaven. <laughs> yeah, in providence. <laughs> the church warden character, Mr. Root, in Edward Howard's 1836 maritime novel, Rattlin' the Reefer, <laughs> he embodies this message of being in God's good graces when he says to his students, It is our duty as Christians to give elemosinary aid to the poor. Let all classes but the first or second look out the word elemosinary. I say to the poor, elemosinary aid should be given. Boy, that was like a sermon and a vocab quiz in one. Yeah. Well, literally, he's he's like talking to a class of students. So yeah. he says this and then realizes they don't know what elemosinary means. So he tells them to look it up <laughs> look and it then up. goes on. Yeah. Which is hilarious. hilarious. So uh, he says that elemosinary aid should be given, but something doesn't have to be actively given for it to be elemosinary. An example of this is Lawrence Stern's 18th century picaresque novel, (gasps) The Life and Opinions of Tristram Shandy Gentleman. Tristram? Tristram Shandy Gentleman. Boy, that is a picaroon if I've ever heard of one. (laughs) Right, Tristram Shandy. That's like a picaroon in a really white college improv troupe. (laughs) Yeah, like in Utah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am Tristram. (laughs) You're going to hate me. (laughs) But this is all about me now. But I think I'm hilarious, so (laughs) enjoy watching this audition. So in Tristram Shandy, the eponymous character is stopped at a gate, and he says, he's the narrator of the book, and he says... "'Twas by a poor ass who had just turned in with a couple of large panniers upon his back to collect elemosinary turnip tops and cabbage leaves." Wow. So it was just this donkey who's, gar- you know, blocking this charity. gate. <laughs> yeah, collecting charity, which is just the, the, you know, grass on the ground. And in this context, right, the scraps are elemosinary because they're providing the aid towards the donkey, which is in need. 
Oh, I see. I see. I see. Got you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So he's yeah. he's not like collecting alms on behalf of others. He's right. just no, no, taking, no. taking what he needs. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Now I'm calling. Uh, for what it's worth, Emily, following this statement, Tristram then takes pains to explain to the reader that he couldn't leave. He couldn't go through the gate because he would never strike an ass because he pities them. Well, I guess that's an elemosinary act in itself. Right, right. Well, it it gets even better because he says, uh, instead of waiting for the ass to move, he has a full-blown conversation with this donkey, Emily. (laughs) (laughs) Hilarious. He did a full improv scene with that donkey. He basically did. He pities this donkey so much, Emily, that he gives it a macaroon that he had just purchased. (gasps) Hilarious. Yeah. And he admits, as in describing this, he says that there was more of a pleasantry in the conceit of seeing how an ass would eat a macaroon <laughs> than of benevolence in giving him one. Basically, like, I'm not that nice. I kind of just want to see, like, what it would be like to feed him one. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. <laughs> and this whole ordeal ends, Emily, when... Like, he's doing all this stuff, and he's like, all right, you know, I think the donkey, like, I think we're friends. I think he's going to move on. And then immediately as this happens, someone comes up and, like, strikes the donkey in the ass really hard. (laughs) And, like, making it run off. And he's like, oh, So funny. As a side note, Emily. Yeah. You were like, Tristram, what a crazy name, right? It is a crazy name. (laughs) Do you want to know why his name is Tristram? Oh, no. There's an answer? (laughs) There's an answer. I mean, I definitely want to know. So I guess at some point, I haven't read the whole book, right? At some point, he meets with his father and has this conversation about his name. Oh. And his father explains that he had intended to give him the auspicious name Trismegistus. I knew you were going to say it. (laughs) How did you know? Because I, I, you were building up to it, and I realized that Tristram is close <laughs> enough. Yeah, so basically he's like, what a bet, like, I want my son to, like, be able to see the future. Like, I want him to sure. be, I want to, like, know his own the, future. For the alchemy guy. Yeah. So the son is born, and he's, the father's talking to the chambermaid, and he's like, you're going to call him Trismegistus. And the chambermaid's like, uh, okay. And he's like, you can remember that, right? Like the minister's just down the hall. You can remember that name by the time you get to the minister, right? And she's like, yeah, 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 of course. And then she (laughs) runs down the hall, like saying the name to herself and then gets to the minister and the minister's like, all right, what are you going to name him? And she's like, Triz something. (laughs) And the minister's like, Triz what? And she's like, I don't, I don't know. So funny. And the minister's like, well, the only Tris name I can think of is Tristram, because that's my name. And she's like, Hilarious. that's it then, must be it. Hilarious. And that's how he got to, gets his name. <laughs> As you may have noticed, right, yeah. when I was describing the word earlier, mm-hmm. elemosinary is closely linked with the term alms, A-L-M-S. Yes, I did yeah. notice you said that a lot. Do you know what those are? I mean, I think it is often used to mean specifically like money collected for the poor, but I guess maybe it could mean just anything like collected and given to the poor. Yeah, exactly. I think it does more often mean money, but I think in a figurative sense, it can mean, you know, any sort of charitable donation. Yeah. Uh, But you're spot on. I honestly 
like kind of had the idea that that was the case, but like I was not sure of it. So I had to like sure. look into it. But interestingly enough, Emily, get ready for this. <gasps> Alms also comes from the late Latin word elemosina. Oh, that makes sense. All the letters, all the sounds are there. Right? They're all there. But unlike elemosinary, which was retroactively plucked from obscurity, alms naturally evolved into the word it is today from elemosina. Sure. That would make them doublets. They're doublets. Look at that. <laughs> Beautiful. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. So elemosina traveled the separate path for alms. It traveled through Vulgar Latin and Proto-West Germanic to come to Old English as the much easier to pronounce Almessa. Oh. And, yeah. No, I, I yeah, that, yeah. I, I, it sounded <laughs> like you want, you know cut, Almessa. Not all of those noises. Almessa? Yeah, he's my favorite besties. <laughs> no, I'm just being engaged, Kyle. Being okay. engaged oh, by it. the information it. that you're giving me. I love it. Almessa then was attested in various spellings since prior to the 13th century and through Middle English until the much shorter alms caught on somewhere during the 1600s. Interestingly enough, it was around when we see Elamasinary pop up. So they kind of show up as doublets at the same time. Sure. They they met yeah. up on the other side of the yeah. mountain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Through alms, we get a number of words that are synonyms for elemosinary, and this is where the noun part comes in that I kind of hid at the beginning. Oh, yes. So an elemosinary can be a person who gives alms to the poor, especially generously. You might call that person an elemosinary. Sure, 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 sure. That makes sense. They can also be called an almoner or an almsgiver. Sure, almsgiver, I've heard, but almoner, that sounds like a guy who grows almonds. <laughs> almonds. I, you know what? That's funny that you said that because I literally had to look up if it was related to almonds. It's so funny. <laughs> it is not. It is not. Yeah, almsgiver, I mean, it makes me think, oh, we should have an almsgiving holiday. I mean, it sounds alms like Thanksgiving I, is what I, I think you, of. Sure. I mean, you we know? should give alms on Thanksgiving. We should. Nah. <laughs> That's like that's like a bridge. That's just like Christmas a month early, you know? So funny. <laughs> we should just call Christmas almsgiving so that all holidays have a giving end. <laughs> what would we call Fourth of July? <laughs> fireworks giving. Fireworks um, giving. <laughs> St. Patrick's Day is parades giving. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> parades giving. Yeah. Some other definitions, Emily. Elemosinary can also mean one who survives on alms, as in a beggar can be an elemosinary. Sure. Again, like both ends of the uh, the transaction. Exactly. In this sense, you might call that person an almsman, collectively almsfolk. Oh, yeah, that's a that lovely fun? name. And lastly, an elemosinary can also mean a place where alms are distributed or an <gasps> That's office what I said. responsible for the distribution of alms. That's exactly <laughs> what you said, which is why I was tempted to give it to you. Oh, I say you should have. I Well, listen, I, my producer was giving me the red light, so it's all his fault. Yeah, that does make sense. It is all yeah. his fault. <laughs> In this sense, an elemosinary can also be called an almonry or an almshouse. I mean, an almonry definitely sounds like where <laughs> almonds are grown. <laughs> yeah. It's where they're eaten. Or, yeah, or where they're turned into wine. 
like a wine substitute, like almond milk to milk, almond <laughs> yeah. wine. Uh, yeah, no, it's where they make almond milk, and almondry is where they turn almonds. <laughs> yeah, almond it's where they milk them. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know how they make almond milk, Kyle? You could literally make almond milk it's by just sticking with almonds water, right? in a blender with water. Yeah. Isn't yeah. that insane? <laughs> It really is insane. It really, it feels like it should be a more complicated process than that, but no. Well, and then it makes you think, wow, almond milk is so much cheaper than almonds. Yeah. I guess because of the water. Sure, it's it's but less almonds, are... almonds in the in the uh, carton. Huh. Emily, should we all start this is making just our all own almond about almonds now? Yeah. <laughs> okay, Emily. Let's. This is the last part of the episode. You ready? Bring us home. So. Charitable organizations, through mm-hmm. the term eleemosynary institutions and similar variants, make up the bulk of eleemosynary's usage in the past few centuries. Okay? That makes sense. So the, the term eleemosynary institution is like a widely used term or eleemosynary organization or corporation or eleemosynary body, stuff like that. Yeah. Almshouses are one of the earliest forms of eleemosynary institutions. Do you know what an almshouse is? Uh, I, I assume it's one of the things you just told me. Either a place where it's a, it's a place where alms are distributed. And no, that's uh, almonries were more so places where the alms are distributed. Alms oh. houses were basically places where yeah, things would alms would be distributed, but it was more so giving people a place to stay. Uh, usually, okay. the poor and the elderly who like needed to be taken care of, you right. know, so they needed to be provided things, so they would also live there. Like a shelter. Like a shelter, exactly. Um, and almshouses are recorded as far back as 10th century England, we see them. Wow. That's a nicer word. I feel like I've read old-timey works that use the word poor house. But almshouse sounds a little nicer, you know? That's interesting. I would have to look into that. The Wikipedia page for almshouses also talks about workhouses, insinuating that they might be synonymous except for the work part, like workhouses sure, are but like uh, you I feel like a there. poor house is just where you go to stay. That's what go I thought. To, go, it's where you go to become poor. <laughs> <laughs> if you feel like you've got it too good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Almshouses, Emily, were usually set up by wealthy benefactors. And mm-hmm. the eleemosynary who ran the establishment was called a beadsman, B-E-D-E-S-man. <gasps> B-E-D-E-S. Yeah, from the Middle English bead, meaning prayer. Huh. And these beadsmen were responsible for praying for the health of those who contributed monetarily to the almshouse. But not praying for the people that needed the no, alms. <laughs> literally not. Literally not. Hilarious. Yeah. The I corruption guess there were other is people. in his job yeah. description. Because <laughs> there were like other people around who did that, but he did not do that. Yeah. So donors would have their names carved on small items, which were then strung up on what were called bead rolls and carried by the beadsman as he prayed so that he knew which person he was praying for and he wouldn't skip anybody. Yeah, that's like that's like prayer beads. Like prayer beads, not like prayer beads, Emily. Exactly prayer beads. Is that the origin? Because each individual item was called a bead because each individual item was a prayer for a person. And as time went on, these beads were replaced with small globes of bone or wood, which is why we call beads on a string beads. Oh. They're little prayers. 
My goodness. Yeah. But just any like, beat, like, like normal beats, are, that comes from that guy? Yeah, I think so. Like, prayer beads were being used prior to that. They maybe didn't have that name. Right, exactly. Um, I, I think prayer beads come from, like, before rosaries and stuff like that. I don't know. I have to. I'd have to look into it more. But it's yeah, because that's all also connected. An, an Asian thing that goes way, way, way back. Right, but I doubt they called them beads. Sure, not the English word. No, <laughs> right. <yeah. laughs> this fun quote, Emily from Horace Guilford's *The Water Tower*, uses beadsmen as an allegory for the character's ills. It's a romance novel, and it's pretty heavy. What's going on here? I don't. I, this is what <laughs> I was looking at today. I was like, "What the heck is going on?" I don't know, but but it's a fun quote. So. Okay. If I do not use to the utmost the weapons fortune hath put into mine hand, may I still, good brother, be the butt of thy supercilious rebukes, the beadsman of thine eleemosynary contempt. Wow. I don't know if I could tell what the heck was going on there, but it was fun. (laughs) It's fun. Basically, he's (laughs) saying, like, you are always, like, think you're better than me and, like, saying mean things to me so i am acting as the beadsman of your elem of the contempt of your charity so like you're giving me this charity of contempt right and i have to count all of the ways that you're being contemptible to me right during the middle ages many hospitals also functioned as almshouses uh, just by nature of you know having to provide aid for people yeah Uh, and today there are around 2600 still functioning almshouses in the united kingdom wow that is a lot almshouses also came to america in 1622 But their history is fraught with uh, abusive individuals with mental illness. Okay. And it would take a whole nother episode for me to explain the atrocities that were committed and the institutional reform that eventually took place. So we're not going to talk about that today. (laughs) Just know that it happened. Yes, important to acknowledge. Yes. But not as relevant, perhaps, to Elamasonary. Exactly. Regardless, the terms Elamasonary Institution or Elamasonary Corporation are still used today in some legal texts to refer to charitable organizations funded by a benefactor or trust. So that's where you'll see the word used. Yes, exactly. In, in a lot of legal texts. Gotcha. And that's Elamasonary, Emily. Wow. I mean, great word. It's good Thank every you. once in a while to get a word that sort of smartens up our podcast you know yeah (laughs) makes us sound just a little bit hoity-toity you know yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) so now we can go around and be charitable just to say look how elemosinary i was (laughs) i cleaned your toilet (laughs) and wait in anticipation for the person to ask what it means (laughs) uh well emily it's the question we've all been waiting for oh okay can you use elemosinary in a sentence? I'm I'm going to have to if we plan to go around doing it. So, let's see. Elemosinary in a sentence. Today at the coffee shop, I did not want to stand on a long line. So I sat and elemosinarily let yes. everyone go ahead of me. <laughs> Perfect. Beautiful. Exactly. <laughs> exactly how you would change that. <laughs> Emily, would you like to play a game? I would love to play a game, Kyle. I promise. Awesome. Good, good, good. Okay, Emily, your game is called Almonry Almanac. 
<laughs> and this game is simple. I'm going to name a charity, and you're going to tell me if you've ever donated to it. Oh, no. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> what an awful really game that would prove be. how unelimocenary I <laughs> yeah, am. Yeah. No, I am, though, going to give you the name of a charity, and you're going to have to tell me if it is a real charity or a scam charity from some sort of fictional media. Oh, okay. This okay? is good. This is good. So your first charity is the Krakatoa Relief Fund. So I think, boy, this is, uh, you're just outing me left and right, but I think <laughs> Krakatoa is a real volcano. So I'm going to say that this is a real charity. You are correct in that Krakatoa is a real volcano. You but are incorrect that this is a real charity. <laughs> oh, no. Emily, the Krakatoa Relief Fund is from Seinfeld. Oh. In the episode The Truth, Jerry is audited for donating to this fake charity, which Kramer convinced him was real. And <laughs> basically, he was like, well, you know, it's it's going, it's money going to the people who were affected by the Krakatoa volcano, right? And it was like, no, it's actually a charity that's going to... To help the volcano. <laughs> Classic Seinfeld humor. Okay, you ready for your next one, Emily? Yes. This one I'm going to get. This one's called Be a Deer and Donate a Brazier. Oh my god. I hope it's a real charity because that's hilarious. <laughs> so I'm going to say yes. Emily, all of your wishes and dreams have come true. <gasps> this is a real charity. It's a great charity. It's a great charity. It is run by the San Jose Women's Club, which is one of the oldest women's organizations in California. Wow. And the charity collects new and gently used women's undergarments to donate to local shelters, having donated over 50,000 bras in the charity's existence. Amazing. Yeah, isn't that wonderful? That's very wonderful. Your next one is the Chicago All Saints Hospital. I mean, I feel like it's very likely that this is like the hospital in Chicago Med or something. Is That's that what possible. it's called? I'm going to say that this is, a, this is a fake like TV hospital or something. Emily, you are correct. It is a <gasps> fake hospital. It's not from Chicago Med, but instead it's from 30 Rock. Oh. So on the show, Jack, which is Alec Baldwin's character, his brother makes up this hospital, Chicago All Saints Hospital, and tells people to just write the initials of the hospital on the donation checks. Because the initials spell out C-A-S-H, cash. cash. <laughs> and he's just taking the money. Yeah. And he could just cash it. <laughs> yeah. This next one is colonics for kids. Can you spell colonics? K-O-L-O-N-I-C-S. Colonics for kids. That didn't help as much as I was hoping. Well, I don't know what it means, but I'm going to bank on my ignorance of real things and say that this is real. <laughs> Emily, that's exactly what I was banking on when I chose this oh, as one of the crap. answers. <laughs> it is fake. Dang. Colonics, I believe, has something to do with like gut cleanses. Oh. Colonics for kids is from Impractical Jokers, Emily. <laughs> Oh, so no. on on impractical jokers they they come up with fake charities and try and convince people to donate to them like as a right. part of the practical jokes right some sure. of the other charities that they've come up with include get that kid out of that well 
<gasps> Surprise funeral. Oh. And one called Fake Charity, which, <laughs> funny enough, someone actually donated to. Insane. Okay, Emily, you've got one last charity. Last Are you chance. ready for last this one? Last chance to last prove chance. myself. This one's called Clowns Without Borders. Oh, I mean, this has got to be real because there are there this is like a thing this is a thing and listen i don't want to disrespect the clowning community because it is a noble artistic profession Mm -hmm. but i think some people have an overestimated sense of its importance but maybe that's me i don't know but i think this is real wow emily you are really taking it to task uh, on on the clown community, um, uh, but at the least you are correct. Clowns oh. Without Borders is a real charity. It was founded in 1993, and it's a humanitarian organization of clowns that performs for free for children affected in war-torn areas around the world. It was originally a Spanish organization. They've since globalized. Yeah, I mean, you know, performing. And and making kids laugh is a good thing. I just think there are ways to do it without involving clown makeup, but maybe that's a personal thing with me. I believe it was started by clowns who wanted to make the world a better place. It wasn't like, oh, how do, like, no, let's no, no, make yes. people no, laugh, I've how felt, do we do yes. it? No, it was I the understand. clowns came first in this instance. <laughs> yeah, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> clowns Without Borders, last year, they performed 153 shows in 10 different countries bringing joy to nearly 30,000 individuals affected by war in the world. So really a wonderful, wonderful organization. So if anybody's thinking of places to donate uh, this Christmas, this (laughs) this almsgiving, (laughs) consider Clowns Without Borders or Be a Deer, Donate a Brazier. Yes, both lovely. Yeah, both lovely. Hey, everybody, you can find Butter No Parsnips on social media, on Facebook, and on Instagram at Butter No Parsnips Podcast, and on TikTok at Butter No Parsnips. And if you like today's episode, you can consider giving us a five-star rating or review wherever you heard us. And if you really like today's episode, consider donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash butternoparsnips. Donating $5 or more earns you a shout-out either on social media or here on the podcast. And so thanks to Heather B., Monica of Top Music, Lori M., Pensive Primate, Day D., Rob R, Jessica M, Randall H, Fran I, and Stephen I. Thanks so much to all of you. You help us make what we make. And with that, I've been Emily Moyers. And I've been Kyle Imperator. And this has been Butter No Parsley.